0: Welcome to the Love Cars On The Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell, and Paul Woodman.
1: Welcome to episode 22 of Love Cars On The Grid, the global motorsport roundup podcast. Uh, And we're going to start off, we've got three world championships events to cover, then we're going to do a bit of BTCC in the UK, and then we're going to head over the pond, to a bit of uh us of a starting off with i thought i want to be positive because if this is the weekend of really good battles this weekend but the world rally championships were a little bit dull actually tiff yeah i'm afraid of, i still can't get ignited by
0: it there's not much buzz on the media nobody seems to be watching world rallies anymore it's a great sport to do but yeah it was a week a fabulous racing all around the world we'll come to you later but the rallies just went round and around the roads of Belgium. The good news was that Belgian won it. Hyundai finally, after so many failures and breakdowns and punctures, and, you know, Toyota taking the, the wins, uh, it was a great weekend for Thierry Nouvelle, who won virtually from the beginning to the end of his Hyundai. Good story, Craig Breen, uh, the Irish boy, he does he's such a character. He drives with his heart on his sleeve, uh, and he keeps getting occasional drives with Hyundai. He came through second. Um, the third Hyundai, they lost, of course, that no, it was Toyota then battling through. This is the Auger-Elfin Evans game for the championship. But at least Elfin beat Auger uh, uh, to get a few more points this weekend. But both were beaten by the 20-year-old Cali Rovampera, who came into third. Um, Toyota lost uh, Katsuta with a huge crash. Ford lost, um, what's their boy, their new French boy, Adrian Formo, with a huge crash. <laughs> uh, Gus Greensmith had a problem weekend in the other Ford. So really not much happening, but at least good news that Hyundai finally had a trouble-free weekend and won the Rally Belgium.
1: Good for Hyundai. And it's, and yeah. these are some of the best drivers in the world. It's just a shame yeah. that it's just not the best spectacle in the world, perhaps. At the moment. At the moment. But but there's
0: so, there's so, so few manufacturers in it, it's only really two, because the Fords aren't really on the pace yet. Yeah, good
1: for Hyundai. Um, Tiff, we're going to go to two wheels, MotoGP, which was flipping amazing, but it started off with a little bit of controversy. Do you want to elaborate <laughs> right. on this? Because I can't well, believe it, it's, it's it. Whole saga that's been
0: going on with um, Yamaha and uh, Maverick Vinales. Because remember, it was in Germany at that little tight track where he came around last. He wasn't even going to turn up to race. Then the next round, somewhere, he was suddenly on the podium. And now in in the Syrian Grand Prix last weekend, still in Austria, the same track as he returned to, he came into the pit, sort of, the bike's broken and won't work. And it appears, I don't know the details, but from what you appear, that he was fiddling with the wiring on his bike (laughs) or somehow trying to sabotage his own bike so he could give up because he doesn't want to ride this Yamaha anymore because the Yamaha doesn't suit him. So uh, Yamaha suspended him for, for last weekend's Austria Grand Prix, um, now she has announced today that he has got a ride with Aprilia for next year, so um, he's probably happy he's managed to get getting out of Yamaha. But real weird stuff. Apparently, a rider sabotaging his own bike and then getting suspended. Um, of course, he's the teammate of Quattararo, who's out leading the championship, so there doesn't seem to be much wrong with the with bike, bike- <laughs> with, with the French one. Then the race itself, we had just oh, it just keeps on giving MotoGP. Amazing. Um, Because Mark Marquez, you know, was just coming back to form after those horrendous injuries and being out for virtually a year. And there was an amazing pack of all the manufacturers all together in a bunch. It was spitting with rain from the word go, but they declared it a wet race. And they had these white flags come out, not to surrender, but just to tell riders (laughs) you can pit for you. You're allowed to now pit for your spare bike, which is sitting in the pit lane with wets on it. Um, But it wasn't quite wet enough. And. Marquez came to the front of this pack using his amazing skills. But as the rain got heavier, it's Brad Binder, the South African, South on Africa the KTM. Dark, yeah. yeah, and KTM, of course, are the local manufacturers. That's so their home Grand Prix. But Binder, who had been away from the pack, caught the pack and it became a pack of six as the rain got heavier. And eventually, Marquez leading led the pack into the pits to jump onto the wet, weather-tired bikes. But Binder <laughs> thought, no. I'm crazy enough <laughs> I shall stay out and see what happens so we had this amazing it must be the last five laps I think um with Binder the rain coming down heavier and heavier tottering around on this bike um and of course you know you couldn't snap the throttle up with a straight line the rear would spin up he said afterwards the carbon brakes got too cold and when carbon brakes get cold they just don't work yeah so he's riding around with no grip no brakes Amazing Pat came in and they all jumped from bike to bike. It's quite spectacular, <laughs> leapy like Bronco riders. has led the now wet tide chasing pack out, but he dropped it at turn one after one lap. So he fell off himself whilst leading the chasing pack. But Binder held on. And amongst all this, Valentino Rossi, who's been at the back of the field sadly in his sort of last half year, he suddenly appeared in third place because he also stayed out from the slicks. And there was a massive Rossi fan club there with their yellow shirts. <laughs> they were all going mental because Rossi was now on a podium position. Um, but Binder held on and held on and held on and managed to to, to get to the flag 12 seconds clear. Bang Naya, the, the wet-weather tired boys then stormed past Rossi and everybody else, but was still 12 seconds short of Binder to, to win this amazing race. And, uh, Fantastic. Yeah. Just so Katie won the Home Grand Prix in the most bizarre situation. In fact, Binder actually went wide on the last turn out on the green. If you do that in bikes, you get a three-second penalty. But uh, he was far ahead not to worry about it. But, yeah, a fabulous race.
1: Very exciting.
0: Um, Moto2. Sam Lowes was on pole but only finished fourth for Britain. Uh, and Jake Dixon who's getting better. He's coming back after an accident mid-season. He qualified 13th, finished 11th. Um, Moto3 no real joy for our, our wonderful Scott um, Scott um, him you know him he's got his name slips tongue I can't remember names <laughs>
1: you're supposed to know all their names anyway, <laughs> he
0: finished down there. well of course I can picture him but it's just gone out of my head because I'm reading all these other names and Pedro got Ocosta, Costa, our, our teenage boy, kid who's leading the championship by miles once again he followed the pack for the whole race and waited the last lap. This little Turkish kid, Denis Onchu, had been leading all, he's never won a Grand Prix. Anyway, Costa did him on the beginning of the last lap. Classic, Costa, okay, he's going to win the Grand Prix now. But he actually ran wide this time, and Onchu went back into the lead. He's now got half a lap to go to win his first Grand Prix. Um, but instead, a Spanish guy, Sergio Garcia, who also took a cost picked him on the penultimate corner. So again, Moto three just giving so just brilliant exciting. racing.
1: It's it's it reminds me of the KTM stuff where you it's just changing the lead so many yeah. times in a race. Brilliant.
0: McPhee, of course, it was McPhee's the British guy, the Scottish boy who, <laughs> um, yeah, didn't have such a good weekend. He's not been up the front for a while, McPhee. But uh, there we go. So yeah, bikes just giving, giving, giving. And I'm going to be at the British Grand Prix um, two weeks time. I'm going to be going to Silverstone. To wave me yellow number 46 flag with a tear in my eye. I'll go and find Susie, she'll be crying everywhere. And yes, it's just, it's just that, a, such a year in MotoGP at the moment.
1: Yeah, and what an amazing place for anyone to, based in the UK to go and watch that. You know, Rossi's last ever British school prix yeah. amazing, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. So, so we're going to go to another event. By contrast, by yeah. contrast, the,
0: was the last of the say. three <laughs> world championship events. It's the first time that Formula E has had an official world title. And, of course, because of their qualifying lottery format, there was about 15 drivers that mathematically could still win the title. Uh, Lucas Degrassi Grassi won race because it was a doubleheader on the Saturday didn't go through the pit lane this time for Audi. It's <laughs> a so big emotion because Audi managed to have a win in their last race because they're they're quitting Formula E. Um, but so then it came to the big finale in Jaguar, actually, the, flying the British flag. We were, were the only team with two drivers in, with the mathematical chance, but sadly Sandberg broke down on the Saturday, the first race, so he was really pretty much out of the points. But then the final, it was all bizarre, because Mitch Evans, the Jaguar driver that could have won the championship, stalled on the grid. The stupid thing wouldn't go. Uh,
1: yeah, but it's not like he, it. he didn't stall it. He didn't stall it. Obviously, it's electric. So it's, it stopped. Yeah, you yeah. can't.
0: And Eduardo Matara, who was like second in the points, smashed into the back of him. So that was two of the championship hopefuls you know, that could look likely coming up to the last race. then our very own Jake Dennis in the BMW, then was almost probably the leading car to to pinch the title right at the end of the season. And his thing suddenly locked up its rear wheels, breaking for a corner. He was in the wall. So three of the sort of likely winners were out, uh, which just left left, um, Nick De to cruise around and take eighth place, which was good enough for him to to stay on top of the points table and claim the world championship for Mercedes. (laughs) So... That's it for the year, thankfully. No more Formula E till next January.
1: do you go if say that have- to your friend Nikki Shields, who I saw you on the <laughs> uh, the Silverstone so Classic, the classic on ITV4. Yeah. And then you go telling her that
0: she'll be most upset. Did you
1: see my guitar solo? Did you see my guitar solo on the on the Classic
0: Car Show on ITV4? It was no,
1: epic. I was fa- fast forward, um, <laughs> fast forward, I think ten times. So uh, just a, had a quick look. I anyway, a
0: just look. just to kick Formula E one final kick in the arse. Um, it looks like Mercedes it's not official yet but the rumour is now they're also going to pull out so Audi pulled out BMW pulled out now it looks like Mercedes is going to pull out uh, leaving only Porsche the only German manufacturer in and Jaguar about the only two manufacturers I can't think of any others so um, what a shame I don't think it's going anywhere for Formula E
1: just, but it's, anyway, it's, world
0: champion, Nick. De, I mean Nick Fries, I mean the point is they're brilliant drivers. I mean Nick, of course they yeah, are. Should have been a Grand Prix driver. It's great for him. His career-wise, he's earned a lot of money doing Formula e, and he's now come away with a world title. And he's a very talented driver, drivers. They all have to be to get the most out of these weird energy-saving races.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Anyway, okay, back well, to
0: racing. Back to back <laughs> to Britain.
1: Knock uh, uh, well, uh, Britain, Scotland, Knockhill, which is a brilliant little track. Br- oh, Britain. Oh, Britain Britain is still in Scotland. I, I mean, know, Scotland, Scotland is, still is still in Britain. Britain. The way you said it then, you implied that, you know, they were already gone. No, we are. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe there'll be some sort of referendum in the future, but that's not for us yeah. to comment on. We're not, this is not politics, yeah. this is racing. It's uh, great racing again. But not, I can't imagine the BTCC, these. Touring cars going around Knock Hill and because they're all sort of lumpy, bumpy, and all over the place, I it was know. bad enough in a cage room. <laughs> so that, as it, you know, yes, yes, it was really exciting was racing, wasn't it? A leap over the curves. I mean,
0: Turkington ran the first race. The BMW qualified on pole. It's a bit of a rear-wheel drive-ish track. Some tracks, you know, favour front and rear-wheel drive. But it was the end of the second race that just showed the most wonderful battle between the two most talented drivers, probably on the grid. Because uh, Turkington led all the way. There was a pace car, so towards the end, it was about a three-lap shootout. But Ash Sutton... I love Ash Shutton. He'd worked his way onto the rear bumper in his infinity. And the last three laps, and these two cars, I mean, Ash was just within a millimeter going on his bumper to one side <laughs> to the other. Turkington never being dirty <laughs> at all, defending really professionally. And it was the fact also that both cars are rear-wheel drive. And I, don't, I can't say why it is or what it is, but two rear-wheel-drive touring cars, absolutely on the limit for three laps. They just look right on the circuit. You know, they look like they should be racing cars, whereas the front-wheel-drive cars, they always look like a compromise. I can't pick to why. But all of a sudden, these two rear-wheel-drive cars, but, and Turkey have just took too much of the great leaping chicane on the last lap and put him into a bit of grab, which I think... You visited during testing or qualifying, didn't you, (laughs) after the leap leap of the S's. Maybe. But it was just brilliant, brilliant racing. Um, And then in the last race, the reverse grid race, Tom Ingram came through the last lap to slide his Hyundai up the inside of the hairpin to take another win. So, as always, great, great racing.
1: Well, I'm Um, I'm pleased. Harry Harry
0: King was back to winning Porsches. Yeah, um, Harry the King, whole thing. a great talent at could be at Le Mans, and he, he first win of the year, in last year's champion. So, and again, you know, Formula for everything. It's just a great package to watch. Poor old
1: Sunday. Rick, poor old Rick Parfit Junior has got a few bruises this morning. <laughs> 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 and, uh,
0: he got in the way on the restart as well. He, he was, oh yeah, poor old Rick. I don't, you know, <laughs> it was so funny because I saw him at the beginning of the year. He came down to Thraxton for instruction, you know, with our instructors. <laughs> And I said, "Why are you doing it, Rick? You know he loves GT racing, where it suits his style." And I said, "You're just going to join this pack." And he just said, "I've got to do it, if I've got to do it, because you can get sponsors easy. That's the thing about BTCC as opposed to British GT. He was able to find the sponsors interested, but I mean, he's just been at the back of the pack and just getting damage and damage. And... <laughs> Rick, I like... love
1: you, Rick. I told oh, yeah. you you shouldn't do it, Rick. No, he should do. What a brilliant thing to say he's done and to be be, be part of. And, and he's only getting better and better and faster and faster, ex- excluding the big bruises that he's got uh, this morning. But um, very excited BTCC. Ash Sutton, big fan. We like Ash Sutton. Yeah, Good yeah. Stuff. Championship now, should extended. Should we go to the US of A?
0: Bit of, um... Well, British, Mesh mentioned the two wheels in Britain. British Superbikes at Donnington yep. again, they entertain greatly. Uh, Jason and this Aussie that's been winning most of the races, won the first race. Race two, his Yamaha teammate, uh, Tara McKenzie, uh, managed to beat him. And better still for Britain, Bradley Ray, who's been having a rotten time. He was a big star about three or four years ago when he burst on the scene, but the bikes he's had since haven't really suited his style. But uh, he took uh, second place of O'Halloran on the on the last lap. So big up for Bradley Ray's BMW. Uh, the third race at Donny was a bit of a drizzly tired choice, wet, dry slicks, and Tommy Bridewell came through for a Ducati um, to be the fifth different win of the year. So great British entertainment in both touring cars and superbikes.
1: Tell me, why is Donington um, is so good for bikes? Why is it? Why is that track so well suited for for bikes? I don't know whether it is
0: particular. They just raced there a lot for some reason. It has become this sort of... Where yes. Silverstone is the home of British you know, motor racing cars. Yeah, Donington, you're right. I've never really sort of thought about it. I mean, there are great races at all the circuits, but Donington seems to be where it
1: features the best. OK, let's go to America. And I want to start with IndyCar, the big machine Grand Prix qualifying. <laughs> Did you see how... Tight the qualifying was. There was oh. like a hundredth, a couple of hundredths between the top five or six. It was just incredible. Um, but they, so that, that was exciting. The qualifying was exciting. But the race. Well, because we had this new kid come over as well before the race. That's the thing about IndyCar, it's just
0: getting better and better and better. And we talked about it this early, though. Know, I talked about Jack Harvey, the Brit. These drivers that can't make the Grand Prix grade because you know, there's just too many of them coming up lot, with talent. Yeah. So we've got Jack Harvey from Britain over there. We've got Alex Palu. We talked about the Spaniard. who's come from racing in Japan to be a star in IndyCar, leading the championship, of course. Renis VK, that Dutch kid that was a sensation, won the last uh, Indianapolis road course race, which they were back on this weekend. You know, Felix Rosenquist, huge talent, now earning a living, racing... Uh, Indy cars, and you know already we have Marcus Ericsson, ex Grand Prix drivers like Marcus Ericsson, Roman Grosjean, Grosjean. The star of the weekend. So that's about you know five or six Europeans that have gone over there. And last weekend, with this Christian Lundgaard, this Danish kid, uh, he's only about twenty years old. He's an Alpine uh, apprentice, Alpine sponsored driver. And he's sort of you know he's had a good Formula Three, Formula Two season, but it's so hard with all these stupid reverse grid races to you know be permanently up the front of Formula Two. And they, they got him a ride at uh, IndyCar this week. And he qualified fourth in the middle of that tight pack because the talent of the driver, you know, just shines through much stronger. In IndyCar, it's something I say a lot. But, um, and I think more and more people on Twitter are now thanking me for waving the IndyCar flag. There are some boring races. And in fact, you know, this race wasn't one of the best, wasn't one of the most exciting. But, you know, you see 29 cars, you know, all piling around and overtaking going on from the front to the back. Yeah, but Will Power, after so many disappointing races recently, you know, which he could or should have won, came through to a very dominant win. But Grosjean was there on his tails, and his wife and his kids were there. And he's just, he's raving about being an American and doing IndyCar racing. He's it's loving he's like, It's isn't just he? driving, yeah. Colton who threw away a win uh, last weekend in um, Nashville, came through the third. Jack, oh, Jack was sixth. Uh, Lundgaard was running up front early on, but Learning about the tyre strategy, they have, to, they have to run the quick, the wear out the red sidewall and the black ones once or twice, uh, and he had the wrong tyre strategy, he faded to 12th. But uh, nevertheless, just so much excitement in IndyCar. But not, not the most exciting and racist last weekend, but still plenty midfield mid so packs. Where was, was it? I,
1: I know it was the big machine, blah, 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 blah. But where was it? Indy. It was the Indianapolis Road. It course, was the
0: Indianapolis Which yeah, was okay. shared. Yeah, which on the Sunday was shared by uh, the NASCARs. For of course, it? Of course it was the first time the ever that's happened. Yeah. 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 A double headed weekend. Because before yeah. the NASCARs always done the, the oval, um, which isn't the best track for NASCAR. They can't go two or three wide around the index. It's quite a flat banking. Um, but they provided massive entertainment in the, in the Sunday race, uh, just overtaking going on everywhere. But it all ended in a, in a massive sort of controversy in a way because there's a, the chicane curb was being peeled. It was a metal curb, which quite surprised me. was being bent upwards. Uh, and Bits of bodywork were getting caught under. They kept on banging it down when there was ever a, a full course yellow. But about four laps before the end, uh, Joey Logano, I think he got his splitter underneath it, and he just understood straight off. And now there was a bit of metal standing up vertically, which about five cars hit, and it was just mayhem of cars <laughs> going off everywhere. Um, of course, there was a certain driver dominating that you might think of at this stage <laughs> of the race. What was his name? Number five. Can't quite think of his name.
1: Not oh, some. Kyle Larson. Uh, uh,
0: him. Um, but Not. unfortunately for him, this brought out the pace car, so he was now, he, he decided to go for new tyres and, and three or four cars stayed out on older tyres and then there was like a three laps to go and uh, it was an epic battle because Denny Hamlin was leading uh, and this kid called Chase Briscoe was after his first ever win and, uh, and on the restart they went down into turn one, three wide, four wide this huge wide in lap is straight and uh, Hamlin said he was pushed from behind by Almond Digger and he pushed um, chased Briscoe off onto the grass, so Briscoe then straight lined across the grass to rejoin on about turn four um, in the lead, but he gave the lead back to Hamlin, and instantly on the radio, the, the, they gave him a, a drive-through for bypassing the circuit, but he says he didn't hear this, it Was Hamlin said he heard it, but Hamlin was now leading with just two laps to go, Was, was it the last, the last lap, I think, yeah. and Briscoe punted Hamlin off. Uh, on the twiggly bits gave him the old NASCAR nudge got to the bumper sent him off and Hamlin was raging after because he he thought well, he's not going to touch me now because he's got to have a drive through, so he's out of the race so anyway so Hamlin's off um, Chase Briscoe's got a drive through, and through it all came AJ Olmondego who everybody loves um, he had some controversy got kicked out of his he was a prime IndyCar driver 10, 15 years ago, now, I don't know. If it was drinking and driving. You got caught or something like that. You got thrown out of his IndyCar ride. So he's been a sort of journeyman driver ever since. In 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 Daskar's and he was he, this year. He's just doing the second division, the, the Infinity Series. Um, but anyway, he was there. He's a road course specialist, but you know, really talented driver. And he came through the wind at Indy, and you know. It was quite a tear-jerking moment because he'd always always dreamed of you know winning the Indy 500 for Penske. I think he was a Penske driver. Um, said so, Dinger AJ Allmendinger won it, and tears everywhere, and champagne and donuts, and the usual, you know, punch ups in the pit lane, champagne and it's <laughs> it's, it's funny. It just entertains. Nascar it just, enter- and the interesting point I did make the note: that this is the first time they've been, ever been on the same circuit as another formula. And I was bang on about it It doesn't matter about the lap times when Formula One was obsessed with five seconds faster. And we got these stupid cars they couldn't race and couldn't follow. The NASCARs were 17 seconds a lap slower than the Indy cars. But did it matter? No, No, of course it didn't matter. Because they were were racing and they're all in the same. It doesn't matter what the lap time is. You know, so often in, in Formula One, you know. The wet, dry, damp races give us the best racing. Yeah. They're now lapping ten seconds slower than they would in the dry. But yes. we
1: don't care if it's if it's five hundred <laughs> faster or whatever. And and what I love, you just said about the emotion, the punch ups, the champagne, whatever motor racing you do, that's all the way through, isn't it? When it from yeah. grassroots right the way up to the, the highest possible level. There's so much emotion in it. So I'm, I'm I'm pleased with the results there. And there's more IndyCar and NASCAR next week, as there is pretty much every yeah. week. <laughs> What else is coming up and next week?
0: I've got big yeah, one next not week. Not much. Yeah, we're going to discuss that in two seconds. So IndyCar, NASCAR of uh, America, and then bikes, World Superbikes and British Superbikes, Campbell Park. The only thing happening in Britain, I think, of any major event is Campbell Park Superbikes, which is an awesome track. Go watch the Superbikes. If you live up near Lincoln, or even if you live in Brighton or Cornwall, go watch the Superbikes. <laughs> but yes, this is the big weekend. It's Le Mall. And you know, you know me. I did it fourteen times, and uh, I should love La More. And it's just the most wonderful week. Um, there are fifty thousand tickets being sold. I don't know how many Brits, because, of course, this tradition is when tens of thousands of Brits are in the campsites, making pyramids of empty beer bottles. There's the Caterham Owners Club there, and the Austin Allegro Club there, and all of that. It's just, <laughs> it's just a superb weekend, and and. The exciting thing, Le Mans is is getting bigger again. You know, it's gone through various different, you know, top classes and diesels and that sort of hybrids, um, but we've now got this new formula. There's only five cars in the top class this weekend, and that's the two Toyotas, which are obviously the favourites. They keep on winning it. Uh, the one Alpine, uh, and these two Glickenhaus cars. And I'm waving the Glickenhaus flag now because this American movie mogul who's made billions of dollars. He's, he's just had this dream of building his own car to go and win at Le Mans, and it's just it's just a fabulous, fabulous story. And the cars look great. He wanted to model them on '60s Ferraris. He had this dream that they, they, they look better than Toyotas. And they had the, the test session last week. They were actually quickest. They went out maybe on low tanks and you know full full power. Um, so this is the, the total grid this year uh, for this new hypercar regulations. Well, but, you know, we've now got Peugeot coming car? in next yeah. year.
1: Glickenhaus, the was P forty five. I've seen it a few times. I don't know what he
0: calls it. Yeah, the double O. it double O? So was that the car oh, yeah. number? I'm not sure what he what he calls the model. But uh, but joining next year. Porsche, not Porsche yet, but a Persia next year. Then Porsche are coming in, Ferrari are coming in, Audi are coming in, rumours of BMW coming in, Kura Honda coming in. So I mean, five years time. Le Mans is going to probably be back to as, as good as the, the Group C decade that I did, the 90s here, which was a much-remembered, brilliant series of Le Mans racing. So Le Mans is about to explode. Um, but this year, there's still a chance, final chance, of the lmp 2 cars winning outright, because there's only the five um, hyper cars running. So we've got, what is it, 32 British drivers out of 183 drivers wow. going to Le Mans. So we've got the most drivers um, going to Le Mans this year. So for people at home following on Eurosport TV, Radio Le Mans, wherever you can get it on the internet, uh, it's just a weekend to follow so many different stories, which is so much greatness about Le Mans. I mean, in the hypercars, we've got Mike Conway hoping to win for Toyota. He's always in the one that doesn't win. So if a Toyota wins, let's hope it's Mike Conway. <laughs> uh, We've got Richard Westbrook as one of the Glickenhaus drivers. So if a Glickenhaus wins, let's hope it's, it's Conway. Uh, then there's, there's 25 LMP2 cars. As I well, said, we, could win outright. We've well, we got two five. of our mates. Ollie Webb. Ollie Webb's
1: in one of them, yes. Ryan oh, Cullen. Yes. Who was the other one? Ryan Cullen. Ryan Cullen also. He sent but, me know, a video. A- Ryan Cullen sent me a video. So he's a, a good friend of ours. He Good driver. He sent me a video of his trailer. Oh, my goodness. This thing is like, you'd be happy to have it as your home. It's just double beds and en-suites. And it's just looking. thing. This Incredible. is at Le Mans. Yeah. I, used to, I, I used to sleep in a tent when I was a Le Mans driver. Yeah, you it. Occasionally,
0: they occasionally used to rent in the cheapest mouldy caravans that you used to sleep in. <laughs> so um, things have changed things since have I changed. was at it. I know, so we've got this all-female team but are sponsored by the FIA Women in Motorsport. They've got an all-female team at NMP2, Calderon, Flush and Visa. There's also an all-women team in GTE, which is the amateur GTs. There's the Kevin Magnusson and and um, Jan Magnusson father-son Father team. Son. You can follow that. Um, the Brits out there as well. We've got people like Paul de you hear on the telly. Alex Lynn from former E! Um Tom Blomquist, the races the former... Anthony, Anthony Davidson, another Sky presenter. He's out in LMP2. Alex Brundle's in LMP2. Ollie Webb, as we mentioned. Will Stevens, Grand Prix driver's out there. Ollie Jarvis, coming back from America where they've been in so well for Mazda. He's out in one of them. Uh, GT Pro, we've got uh, James Collado in a Ferrari. GT Pro, only eight cars. That's the sort of more specialist, uh, the factory GT cars. But Nick Tandy and... Um, and Sims is out in a in a in a Porsche twenty three GTE AM cars. We've got two all British crews to follow. Aston Martin Gun Lancaster Hartshorn Shine spelled his name wrong. Um, there's also Barker Gamble and Warwickshire in a Porsche. So there's just so many wow. stories to follow, and so many so much British interest. So um, get your we, Autosport magazine. Get your Le Mans guide from Autosport. In the shops today, or something. I'm not being paid to advertise it. We were, we were invited.
1: It. We were invited to go to Le Mans, by the way. I didn't tell you that, but uh, and I didn't fancy it. But now you've just mentioned it, oh, I what? really, I really want to go. But oh, <laughs> you didn't consult me. You, on, what? On, on that note, what? thanks for joining what? us, and we'll look forward to welcome you next oh, week I'm and gonna, talk all about Le Mans. Gonna, Bye, everybody. Gonna, Bye. Can't we,
0: can't we get the invite back? Who was it?